Hey guys, welcome back. Um, a few things before we get started this evening. Don't forget to grab a ticket to the Secret Space Conference that is coming up May 2nd through the 5th. Uh, we're getting really excited about that. We got some roundtables coming up with some of the speakers. Uh, it's, it's so, I, I really seriously can't wait. It's getting exciting. Um, and it's kind of, I'm kind of getting nervous too. It's right around the corner. And <laughs> I'm like, shit, I've never done this before, but I know we can pull it off. So uh, grab a ticket if you want to join us. Uh, the tickets are available on the website, secretspaceconference.info, and live stream tickets are available if you can't make it. Uh, we have a lot of questions um, about all that stuff. And if you do have any questions, make sure you read the entire website first, because I, I tried to put all of the details on there. So uh, before you reach out and ask a question, make sure you read everything on the website first. Um, so guys, tonight we have a guest who I'm really excited to talk to, uh, Eve Lorgan. So she's friends with James Bartley. And uh, we, if you guys remember the episode with James, where we talked about reptilians and all that stuff, this is going to be a similar conversation. But Eve, so Eve has written three books, Alien, or The Love Bite, Alien Interference, and Human Love Relationships, Elogus 2000, and The Dark Side yes. of Cupid. And the dark side of Cupid. So uh, obviously it's it's kind of surrounding like a false twin flame idea. Twin flame idea is like very mm -hmm. popular, I guess I should say, in the, in the awakening and spiritual community. And while I do believe it is a real thing, um, there are ETs and entities, let's just say, who understand that it's a real thing also. And they take advantage of people who are looking for that connection and so if you, I'm going to turn it over to you, Eve, and uh, kind of explain what the love bite is that like that book in general, that's how I even found you. Uh, and I think I, ex I experienced something similar. Uh, so what, what happened to you? What happened to you? Obviously, you've had an experience that caused you to write that book. And uh, can you just explain to our audience what all that is about? I'll just go ahead and show you a picture of the book. This is the book called The Love Bite. Alien Interference in Human Love Relationships. And that actually uh, rose out of doing research within the alien abduction phenomena that I was really interested in because I knew I had experiences in my own family. And so it really kind of, I didn't expect to find this really. So it wasn't until probably the mid 1990s, which is quite a while ago now when you think about it. Um, this was when um, the late Dr. Carla Turner was on the lecture circuit in the UFO community who did a lot of um, groundbreaking um, material that people weren't really willing to talk about openly because it delved into some of maybe the little more darker elements of the alien abduction and what my lab phenomena, and also the involvement of like reptilian kinds of beings and the deceptions being played on people through reptilians and different beings posing as aliens and ET guides that were actually um, deceiving and doing some pretty bad things. So we actually could relate to a lot of it because in the experiences that I had, um, James Bartley, who was doing the group with me and other people at the time, we, we it brought back flashbacks of um, what we thought were dreams of things that involved my lab and underground based things that involved very humans and sometimes reptilians or different aliens that took different forms. So we really applauded Dr. Carla Turner's work. And then after she died in 1996, we, we got in close contact with um, Barbara Bartholik, who was the hypnotherapist that worked with Carla Turner to help do the regressions on some really um, 
amazing cases, uh, alien abduction cases that had gone into depth and connected elements together that the other researchers really weren't um, putting together as as relevant in terms of connections. So um, I got in contact with Barbie and worked with her personally over the years as James did too. And so it was Barbara Barthlick who helped me understand not only the different things that happen in the alien abduction experience that we didn't really know, oh, these are just dreams that we came to find out through working with each other in a support group and really connecting with other people who had experiences that these things were relevant and they were actually part of the experience and they were part of some kind of military connection with certain alien groups. So that kind of launched the alien abduction support group thing that I started in California in San Diego County. And then during that support group, and this was after Dr. Carla Turner died, uh, that at least four of us in the group, we had uh, experiences that were related to what Barbie called the drama of the love obsession that was orchestrated by the alien beings or handlers in our particular experience that were actually orchestrating and setting up or creating interference patterns in our relationships that uh, related to what Barbie had known about for, for decades, actually. And so it just happened that I was going through a situation and, and James had gone through and several people in the group. So I put together many case histories over the years of people who had those kinds of relationship setups where they felt it was orchestrated by the alien beings. And it was clear in a lot of those cases with how they basically witnessed and believed things to happen. So that was actually the first book. And, and I really think that these cases, when you think about it, it's actually hard to put together witness testimonies of things on that personal of a nature. And so it wasn't it wasn't an easy thing. So even though there was 10 case histories, which would be 10 couples, um, that that is just a, a small amount of people compared to all those who actually reported those things to me over the years. Mm-hmm. So uh, and it's actually hard to do because there was a lot of interference and And really, um, the first thing I actually discovered doing alien abduction research, I actually started out doing um, articles on the fluorescence markings and the alien um, implant surgeries that Dr. Roger Lear did back in the mid-90s and working with um, Daryl Sims. And so what I had found is when interviewing the people and wanting to discover more truth of our experiences, we started having what we called, uh, you know, interference and lack of a better term. I just called it weird spiritual warfare detracting tactics that were, it was as if there was a force acting behind us to prevent us from getting hypnotic regressions or mm-hmm. speak more clearly about these things. So there was definitely something at work that didn't want us to come to the full truth of our experiences. And I think, you know, this is like, they don't want the dark side being revealed about maybe security issues probably related to the military or the human element working in conjunction with some of the other aliens that are like in the underground bases. And so I think some of those detracting efforts were security measures to keep a lid on that. But, you know, people talk and they remember things that they're not supposed to remember. So we ended up discovering a lot about that. So the love obsession thing could have actually been part of um, an interference where if somebody wanted to go get a hypnotic regression or go public with their story and they're in a marriage, then they get set up with another person and turns into this big old drama thing, or it's a handler sent to neutralize the whistleblower or the abductee looking to seek truth, blah, blah, blah. 
So that's what really became the bulk of my book, but not all of it was, you know, some kind of whistleblowing um, tactic. Some of them were genuine setups that had started with two quote abductees who had those histories from their early childhood and then set up and bonded with a particular person over the years, you know, different times. And they meet later in adulthood when they would have that phenomenal um, deja vu and the synchronicities and a profound connection, like soul indwelling connections. Mm -hmm. And then that set off this whole drama. So that I thought was worth talking about. And, and I believe that many of the more well-read researchers at the time, such as Bud Hopkins and, uh, you know, even, you know, the well-known ones who were considered more, I don't know, legitimate researchers who got bigger readership or, you know, the bigger names, mm -hmm. they were kind of like putting a, a dampen on those weird things that were happening that Barbara Bartholick said, you know, there's a whole lot going on underneath the surface that they're not talking about. Well, and it, you know, yeah, it's a real yeah. it's a real thing that you're absolutely right about everything you just said. And going back to when you started talking about how these they like to pose as your guides sometimes mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. a loved one, even in, in an astral experience and a dream experience. So you think you're having a dream or an astral experience with uh, a loved one, let's say, um, and it could just be a reptilian in disguise or whatever the case may be. That's that's number one. Number two, the, the possibility that once you're once they're over once they've decided to use you i should say it, there's nothing there's nothing out of the realm of possibility as far as nothing is nothing is off the books as far as um they can give you false synchronicities they can send healers and and readers your way and give you these like oh this person is your twin flame or this person is this and it's actually not the case at all and it really, it really makes you distrust like all of everything that's happening with this awakening, but that really, you shouldn't let it, you really, you shouldn't let it take you back like that. Just use it as a lesson and a stepping stone. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's actually what we discovered and that Barbara Bartholick and Dr. Carla Turner really wanted to bring to the, the community was, you know, people were at that time, you know, basically saying that there was no such thing as reptilians and all these negative experiences are really the, the military and not the aliens. But so many cases they were, you know, where an entity would show up as um, their favorite lover. And it could be like their husband or it could be, you know, a movie star or entertainer. And then it would be like a shape-shifting reptilian kind of thing. Or that would be the operating screen used while well, they were actually bonding you to someone else. And uh, there's actually a case in the book um, where that, in the Love Bite book, where that happened, where the woman thought she was with her husband and she was really with an alien, uh, a reptilian. And um, different things like that would happen actually quite a bit. Yeah. So the whole spirit guide thing is is pretty big. And in the, in the Ted Rice case, and I don't know, maybe you spoke about this with James Bartley, because this was a book. It was an actually entire book written by Dr. Carla Turner called Masquerade of Angels. And this was about just the Ted Rice case, what he discovered in his childhood. Anyway, long story short, not only did he have, you know, many alien abductions and a cloning experience, it's just off the top stuff that was very scary, actually. People don't want to read about those kind of things, but he had a setup with a woman in his teenage years 
who was a woman he went to junior high school with. And so he was set up with a woman. And later in life, um, he was led to use his psychic abilities and his um, spirit guide things and, you know, to join, to be a light worker. And then he discovered that he was actually misled by a, a primary reptilian handler that was acting as a spirit guide. And that when he would involve himself with these other quote light workers in the channeling communities, their their spirit guides would tell him, "Oh no, you know, don't don't go to those bad memories. You know, that's being negative. You know, and it's all fear, spiritual enlightenment." And they their guides would encourage him to deflect away from finding out the truth of his experiences because, well, that was just too negative. And so this calls into question what you what you just mentioned was that can we? Can we always trust when some psychic or a tarot reader or a channeler or a spirit guide tells you, oh, well, you're going to meet your twin flame and, you know, you should be doing this. And well, that's being fear based. You should not do this. And and then question later down the road, where did it lead you to? And it could have led you to like a love bite from hell, which I suppose we can all learn from our experiences. Right. Positive, if we're if that's our intention. But I've seen people be misled and misdirected by spirit guides and different things, which was only later kind of realized down the road that this was um, this was being hijacked by some kind of, quote, hyperdimensional interference. Right. Like uh, Ivan Teller, he's a channeler and he we, we had him on the show and we asked him about his spirit guides. He's like, oh, I fired him. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's like, I fired him because he, he realized that that was happening to him. And yeah, he like, he said, that's exactly what he said. He goes, I fired him. I I don't need that. We're like, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he said they led him into a a sticky situation, basically, kind of like, you know, what we all experience. But he he had to force, he had to, I don't know, he just knew to fire him. He's like, I never even thought about that. I thought you were like stuck with your guides. He's like, no, next. Um, So, you talked about military, the military aspect of this, going back to, uh, to early age, childhood, um, where I guess you could say that children can be trauma bonded. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's one way of putting it. Um, so they're put together at a young age this way when they finally meet. Um, people think it's like the twin flame or the divine counterpart, but we're really they're just having that recognition from being paired as a child. And yes. Um, who knows, they might hit it off in the future or they might not, but it's, it's tricky because you don't really know. And if you don't have an awareness of the programs or that you were even in a program, it gets really confusing. Yeah. In fact, that, that happened to me and it happened to people that I know. Um, And and some of the MyLab programs, I suppose this could happen with strict alien contact, alien abduction, where they don't seem to have an interaction or be quote in a project where the military are in liaison with them. But I've seen this a lot with um, what we call the, well, in the old, we call them my labs. And, and then we started calling them, oh, a super soldier project. And then they started talking about, you know, the SSP, Secret Space Program. But within these, I actually heard about this initially from someone in a satanic ritual abuse organized crime family, where they use certain kinds of rituals, um, black magic and twinning with different altars created through trauma in an SRA kind of uh, 
way to create twinned altars and, and that they would be used in a certain capacity where an altar personality of one person is with an altar personality in another, hmm. but only in certain circumstances where those, those altars are acting in the other environment, whatever that operation is, then they have this strong connection. So I think an adaptation of that is happening within the, the military um, programs where they just utilize some of those same initial um ways to do things like the ancient black magic practices actually and then they just step it up a notch with however technologies that they've been able to acquire um sometimes through aliens to set people up and so they do this in my lab operations that in fact that was one of the the four reasons that i had decided was you know what was the reason why they were doing these quote love bite setups or interferences and of course one of the reasons was they they will set people up who are both project people in a my lab project or ssp since that seems to be the, the term everybody's using but they're not always a 20 and back kind of thing right mm, so, right exactly but, so one of the things that they did was if they set you up and they know whether it's ast astrological personality profile energetic signature they will know and then they could probably enhance it with programming and amplification of your sexual energies which they can do and then they bond you with someone who you have a really good, I call it the tantric connection, where when you're with a certain person, the, the connection is so profound that your abilities are amplified together and then on ops. And then the, let's say the psychic abilities are amplified. And then if you're a twinned pair with someone, they even, I mean, these things were reported to me. Maybe now people are talking about them behind the scenes, um, but they would be used together where one person would acquire intelligence, for example, on a secret something and that was their, their task to go and get intelligence gathering of a secret thing and then bring it back to their partner and bring it back to the handler or the programmer, or whoever is wanting the information. Let's say you're set on a spy operation. And so you get the information through some means. A lot of times it's sexual means to extract information or telepathically, you just get it out of their mind through sexual connection. And then you get the information, you put it back into the mind of your partner who then retrieves it telepathically like mind files. And then you're able to wow. get the information to the appropriate person who's handling that couple. So there's like really advanced ways and means of doing <laughs> things that, that are just blow you away. But I discovered this kind of accidentally when I started interviewing people and then finding out we had these abilities. Well, I think... That's the only way to discover this is if it's happening to you. Um, you're, you're never going to learn about it. You're not going to, I mean, and now yeah, you can start reading about it, but uh, it doesn't, it's just like everything. It's not real until it happens to you. Uh, mm -hmm. It's almost unbelievable in some aspects. Totally. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's very true. Uh, and it's, it's so confusing because like, we're all looking for that, right? Everybody's looking for that connection. So when you finally find it, Yes. Um, I mean, in a way, we should be thanking them because it's a lot easier than using a dating app. <laughs> They're already putting you together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just you got to be right. careful. Yeah, you're getting like the perfect match. Yeah. But um, but unfortunately, it's it's like a form of loose farming or one person loves the other person, but it's not reciprocated. And then the, that person loves somebody else. It's not reciprocated. And uh, it creates uh, trauma. And it's wow. like a loose farming thing. And that's they they have the ability to to do that also, and it gets very confusing. 
Yeah. In fact, um, that was a good question to even ask that because initially in the abduction uh, phenomenon, the research, you know, they would talk a lot about how they would uh, pair someone so they would have a hybrid child. Maybe the hybrid child was with like an alien or someone they chose for them. And there was an issue of that sexual interaction, but that wasn't always the case with, with a love bite setup. It wasn't, wasn't for the cape for the purpose of having a child or even getting the woman pregnant and then taking that baby and, you know, putting it up on the ship in a tank kind of thing. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> you know, it's uh, what I, what I found throughout all this though, is sometimes we would have this powerful connection and we could have a powerful connection with someone that has been, let's say set up with us in the projects. And I know that I heard, uh, uh, what's his name? The the German guy, um, Johann Fritz, talk about this and some of the, his. Ex- I don't even know if it was on your show actually, but he talked about how they twin people with their twin flame in some of these projects, and right. I believe that's true. But what happens is, say, let's say one person is not fully awakened or have their memories come back from being in a project, and if they have a connection with someone who's in the project, but hasn't awakened or done their therapy work or their regressions and their memory retrieval and the trauma, then that relationship won't work out because of the trauma. So it will be like, um, well, unresolved trauma problems in a relationship. But theoretically, I suppose if, if both people really worked on their trauma and they became to understand themselves, then they could have that kind of powerful connection. It's just, it, it never seemed to happen that way in the, in the people that had come to me. Right. It's, I think it's, I think anything is possible. Like just, if you find yourself in a situation, it's, it's like, yeah, like maybe it was some, somehow set up at a young age and whatever, maybe it's not purely organic, but it, at the same time, yeah, you might be able to work with that person and you might, it might end up being a beautiful thing. You know, you never know. Um, but there's also the, so there's a movie called American ultra. Have you, either of you guys seen that movie? No. So American American Ultra. It's like oh, that's the MK Ultra guy, right? Right. Yeah. So he's he's like a a super soldier who's mind wiped and then just placed into society and he's given a normal life and false memories of his life on Earth, you know. And then he's sent a handler, which is a girl that he falls in love with. And so and then what happens is he starts he gets activated and starts getting his memories back and remembers what he was doing in the programs and all these abilities he had uh and then he finds out that she was sent to him as a handler and she was you know never really in love with him so it was all fake and it was wasn't even her real name or whatever but they end up falling spoiler alert they end up falling in love and sail off into the sunset anyway but um what's all what's really interesting is the guy who runs that it's a CIA. It's like a black project, actually, within the CIA. It's a group that's developing these super soldiers. But the guy who runs it, his name is Kruger, and that's oh, what yeah. Kruger, that's who uh, yep. uh, Johann Fritz and all these guys talk about Kruger and the SSP. Um, and I'm, I saw that and I heard that and like, okay, this is they're probably disclosing an absolute real oh, yeah. program in this movie. And I know that was a little tangent, but. Uh, it's something else to think about that's possible. Yes, yes. In fact, um, that's more of an overt um, thing. And I think that that happens. And in fact, the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, remember the original Total one? Recall. Uh, Total Recall. Total Recall. He's sent and then the woman is, you know, his handler and it's the the wife. And then he finds Same out. Thing. But 
A lot of times in those movies, they make it like the the love bite handler is fully aware of what they're doing. And in some cases, I think more in the alphabet soup agency associated um, programs, you might see more of that where the person you know, like knows they're a handler handling somebody. Right. But what I found is that um, there was, I know there's all these other levels of um, what I call an inter- interdimensional handling, where if someone has not fully recovered from their mind control programming their program itself may be to handle someone inadvertently through the different programs they have or the entities working through them that are actually compelling them to handle another person and right. so well a i'm good saying, handler a good handler yeah. doesn't know that they're a handler exactly <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and it's yeah. a two-dimensionally like compelled and handled situation, which, and this is something that I wrote more about in the dark side of Cupid, where some of these love bite setups, where we called it the third party entity or the overshadowing entity that was kind of like really working behind the scenes to, to manipulate the situation. And it could be even a spirit guide kind of situation where they're actually working in ways to handle and corral that person into a particular relationship or belief system or job or something. So that's that's clear that it, it's much more subtle and insidious sometimes, which right. would make it sound really paranoid. Like you can't be like accusing people of like, you know, being handlers all over the place. But I think there are signs of that happening within certainly within the love bite kind of situation. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's uh this is if you really uh, this is like next level stuff like <laughs> yeah. it, it really is it, i mean it really takes like years of of being into your awakening to even believe in half of this stuff in the first place then to accept it as a reality is an entirely different thing and then when it happens to you it's like uh you know and let's just say a year goes by and you realize what's been going on and then you like realize that you've been duped in a way uh, it's, it can totally either, you can hit rock bottom or you could bounce back from that, but it's going to make you stronger than ever. And I just think this it's one of the most fascinating things to me. So in your own experiences, um, are, would you feel comfortable sharing any of those? <laughs> so many, uh. you know, I mean, when I look back in my own experiences of the family, um, I realized later that, uh, my belief is that it it came from either one or both sides of the family in terms of we look at lineage um, often if someone has um, alien encounters where these beings are interacting through the generations, sometimes it's through, let's say, the mother's line or the father's line. Sometimes it's both. But I felt like it was primarily through, let's say, the maternal line, um, although it may be the father's line. But what happened is that it was already operating on a maternal line long before she met what was actually a love bite setup with her husband, who of course was my father. And then he got involved with alphabet soup Lockheed Martin in a high clearance security position and joined Freemasons and, and raised himself up to 33rd degree that I found out later. And then it was as if the involvement in the, the Freemasons and that narcissistic personality, which he was a narcissist who was easily manipulated by dark forces. Once you get in Freemason, just completely hosted. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that actually enabled me to be in a project because of the bloodline of the mother. And then the accessing through the father who got involved in an alphabet soup agency, which then used that 
particular quality, which was already going on, I think, for generations. So it's not just a military thing. This is there's there's a bloodline thing. That's what I think happened in my family. Oh, okay. So, and I think there was actually both going on where there was something good, right, and operational through a maternal bloodline that had to do with qualities and um, and maybe I don't want to call it psychic gifts or spiritual gifts, but I think now when I look back, they look to take those qualities and then hijack them with somebody who's already easily manipulated to be used. It's like it's like it opens up an access doorway for permission so that the issue of the children of that pair can be used in a secret project. So that's what I think happened to me. And right. so and that's why I wanted to learn more about that. And I didn't even know of that involvement until many years later. And I thought it was just like an alien thing and remembering abduction kinds of things. But I thought they were dreams. And then I discovered later that that was classic, what Bud Hopkins was writing about and, you know, many of these other researchers. And then I, as I learned, I discovered more in my own um, family and my own life. Right. You know, be with somebody. Yeah. Have you seen the most recent Matrix movie, the newest one that a lot of people didn't like? Um, no. That kind of depicts exactly what you're talking about. Um, there's two two people who are Neo and Trinity, who are they've they've been basically memory wiped and put into a matrix, oh. and then um, they don't they don't really remember each other. And then they start they they recognize each other, but they don't know how the whole story. And then it's finally whenever the connection is made that they realize what's going on, and you know the whole the movie just um, blossoms from there. But it's that to me that was like it's almost disclosure of what they're actually doing. Yes. I don't think people are aware of it and they don't see it as disclosure, you know, just like, oh, this movie sucks, <laughs> you know. Yes. You know, it, it just kind of this has been going on for so long. And and I remember years ago when we first started discovering, you know, love bite setups and people we were involved with and the stories we got, and they ended up on X-File episodes. I mean, with specificity with things that I, I knew the people involved with, that it was beyond a, a doubt that they were like spying on like MUFON meetings and abductee support group meetings and God knows what, but I oh, love really? these ended up in X-File episodes and they were basically, I think, stealing and spying on some of these people mm -hmm. to the point of like, this was beyond chance. And even in cases in my book, but maybe I'm making something of it, but I just think these things have been going on for a long time and that people are just starting to awaken. So you oh, mean yeah. like you mean like a person is infiltrating a MUFON meeting or whatever okay. or or an entity? Or no, you, you mean person, they would probably send screenwriters to go and infiltrate MUFON meetings and abductee meetings. And, you know, it wouldn't go past with people who are already like Illuminati family people involved in the movie industry. We already know that, right? Mm -hmm. Like the Illuminati families are in the entertainment industry and, and everything's actually orchestrated through bloodline groups anyway. So oh, yeah. I think a lot of disclosure happens through certain kinds of movies or shows where they actually have uh, the core of a true story that they got through their, you know, Intel operations, and then they'll put it out there in a, in a form where they could disclose it. Yeah. And only the people who were really the people involved know, and then and it's beyond a shadow of a doubt. But they more often than not do a combination type of situation where they, they, they gather a cluster of facts and then put it into one personality uh, in, the, in the movie. 
And but there's many things that I know that have been taken directly from research. Right. You know? Right. And it's frustrating because, you know, there's people making millions on things basically through theft, if you ask me. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, but then that's their own karma. You know, yeah. it's it's fine. Like I, I'd rather have my own abundance and not be rich than be rich and have nothing, you know. Yeah. Uh, what what's to say? Uh, I feel sorry for my friend. The only thing he has is money. Like, uh, yeah, you know, I feel sorry for people that all they have is money. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and especially the ones that have like sold their souls for that. Like, that's the worst situation you can be in, in my opinion, yeah. uh, which yeah. is which is basically most of Hollywood and most of, uh, you know, the, the most famous and rich people on the planet. They've all sold their souls to the dark, basically. And then they're trapped at that point. It's like trapped and blackmailed. Yeah. 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 And they're going to have a lot. I mean, the, the entire dark forces, both human and non-human, are the amount of karma that they that they well, have that they're going to have to deal with is just really unfathomable. <laughs> and it's almost like I feel bad for right. them. Right. It's true. They don't even realize. I think, you know, some of them realize it. But think about how karma does happen over time you see it over time actually yeah. Yeah. yeah well think about hollywood like so that how satanic the the whole thing is it's a big satanic realm right oh 100, 100 so is hollywood the music industry all of the above um yep. so imagine these these celebrities these actors and actresses meeting how many of them are being used and paired for rituals and stuff in an entirely different level Okay. I guarantee that's happening. Yeah, in fact, that is. I mean, from the reports that I've had, I'm not saying I've, I've spoken to anybody in particular in the entertainment industry, but I've spoken with people who who seem to be bonded and paired with somebody who's a well-known actor or actress, and that they claim that the other actor or actress is, is in a secret project um, in an SSP, or they meet them on these other levels where they have a you know, a twin flame connection. And, and I believe that there's certain family lines. This is what I discovered that if there's a connection with a, we can call it a hierarchy family or an Illuminati bloodline family. And then if you're in one of those lines, you can be bonded to and twin to someone else in a family. They don't necessarily have to be famous, but sometimes they are because a lot of those bloodlines are involved in those, um, you know, careers. So someone will will be bonded to them and have an astral twin flame weird thing. They'll remember them in a joint abduction experience or a joint uh, ritual or something like that. But I think a lot of these things happen on a kind of uh, on either astral level. And there's a way to they can up capture your soul into false lucid dream realities and astral dimensional realms. And this has happened numerous times where it's as if they can take your soul and then put you in these virtual reality astral realms together with others. And sometimes rituals take place in these other realms, but sometimes it's just a um, almost like a programming thing or they try to train you or um, do almost like weird mind control things. And these things actually happen more often than not, even in the my lab experiences. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard that. Yeah. No, I mean, no, this is, there's a lot of elements to this that you're bringing to the table that I hadn't really considered yet, but I, to me, it's all entirely possible and it is happening. 
And it has to be hard if somebody does discover the truth to what's going on, uh, the complex, the trauma. It, it's not. It's nothing like it can ruin. It, it can, I'm sure it could lead to suicide. You know, yeah. if people oh, discover yeah. discover what's happening, and and it's, it makes you wonder how many people. How many people is this happening to? Is everyone being used and just paired and they're just playing with us like cats and mice, you know, or, or Barbara, what? Barbara Bartholick had made statements, uh, you know, when she was alive that this abduction phenomena affects all of us, not just those who actually remember their experiences or had direct contact that it really does affect us all there's there's other levels of control manipulation influence happening on other levels that affects us all and if we knew we would probably be dumbfounded but i don't think it's it's necessarily should be like a negative thing although initially it is traumatic to discover like wow you know i've been you know, set up and, and engineered and groomed to do such and such. And some people realize that later in life that they were even in the Ted Rice case, he was groomed to be a light worker to um, basically bring forth things that he realized later were deceptions led by a reptilian entity who was in his alien abduction experiences. So I think many people are groomed without knowing it. And if they're innocent, they're innocent. But I, I'd say that that's happening a lot. And it's part of a kind of subtle mind control programming happening. So right. I would say it is happening. And it doesn't, it doesn't just stop with um, relationships. Like this can be any, anybody having contact with a being that's communicating with them. Or um, if you're getting information from somebody like you, like there's a very, you have to consider the possibility that it's not organic in an, you know, uh, and unfortunately, because it, it's so real to the point where you will drop everything in your life and go marry this person or whatever, connect with, you know, yeah. it's so real. There's nothing that can change your mind until it's too late and you see it for itself, for yourself. So um, I think it's some, whoever's listening to this, it's something to consider. If anyone out there is having any sort of communication or contact, really have to, uh, ask yourself, where is this coming from? Is it organic? Do I really trust this? Yeah. And, you know, I had that experience myself, but I didn't, I was married at the time when I had like the first quote love bite and it was very, very powerful and spiritual and led to like a, a kind of dark night of the soul. But as I worked through it and, you know, luckily I did a lot of prayer and I had a lot of um, support and, you know, therapy, to really go through it and, and then realize later that, um, you know, I benefited from it ultimately by learning and doing the therapy, but I could have been thrown off in a, in a bad place had I, um, you know, not had the support and the knowledge that it was happening. So just having the knowledge that it was happening was half, half the thing. Right. That's just like mm -hmm. the awakening, being aware is half of it, you know, and yeah. you, it's, what was I going to say? I forgot now. Keep talking. Because <laughs> uh, there's so much happening. Like, uh, it seems like there's a lot of focus. And I've seen this over the years. And I guess I take the position of caution based on what I had seen in, in the years that I've been working with people and what I learned from Barbara Bartholick, that there's a strong effort towards, let's say, there's a 
the primary alien beings that are that are actually perceived in a, a, the classic abductions are like the greys or the mantids or the nordics or reptilians or the drax um yeah. but i think they can play in many different forms and you know, they have the ability to change their shape to do whatever they want to do they so do that yeah. it's uh, it's possible and we've seen it that they they can play to make it simple, a good cop, bad cop kind of situation. And so what Barbara Bartholick found working through many cases, some had like, you know, these horrible, diabolical, embarrassing stuff that they wouldn't want to share with anybody. Right. Uh, and then some of them were like benevolent and they were learning all these wonderful psychic exercises and light frequency, this and floating objects and these wonderful things that they were feeling special about the aliens and use them as guides to promote an environmental positive earth, whatever. But what Barbie saw was that, you know, there's different programs for the whole of the lot that they're working with so that, you know, a, a group of them will be used in some kind of social engagement with a, an environmental mission. And another one might be a spiritual channeling thing. And another one might be, you know, it's the breeding program. And another one might be, you know, oh, it's all bad. And so you have to look at the whole, she used to say, you know, you have to look at everything on the table, the whole ball of wax and, and yeah. perceive this as just Minotti um, will basically control the four main sectors of society, which is the, the religious, uh, the scientific, um, the spiritual, religious and entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so there would be all these different sectors that, and as long as they can control the information and in all these different sectors and all their different groups, they've got things covered so that if they're fighting against each other, they know because they created it. And every now and then, you know, somebody comes up and they see like the whole the whole game and then they try to squash them down or neutralize them. So I think a similar thing is happening with at least the alien groups that are trying to run this farm as a loose feeding operation to keep us under control so that as a feeding source, which is really what we discovered in, in the love bite and the dark cupid, it, it is an energy vampirism kind of thing. Yep. So we have to we have to ask that question, right? You know, what where in the program would I fit in if if they were trying to program me or groom me for something, and I found out later what it was, what would it be? And that I think that's the question that we need to ask, even as an experiencer, so that it, we could at least get to the core truth of who we are, instead of, you know, well, my mission is this, or my mission is that. And there's a lot of people have these missions, but I think we should question it personally. Right question it and if you don't like it fire your guides <laughs> um no but so you know we're talking about all the dark aspects of this and i want to make it clear i definitely believe there there's a there's a light a benevolent aspect to the ets and and some of these angelic beings and and there are there are guides that are helping us and not everybody is deceiving you the mm -hmm. reason i wanted to have you on and bring this forward is because it happens and i want people to understand that to, to be able to look out for these things and at least consider the possibility instead of being so quick to get excited and, and go with whatever experience they're having as, as the ultimate truth. Yeah. Discernment okay. is so, so key. Yeah. So yeah. key. <laughs> and That's not giving funny. your power away yeah. uh, to things and, and entities and people outside of you is very, very key as well to right. protect against this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, That's why. I'm just going to finish that because the, the discernment thing turned out to be quite a bit of a, um, it seems like it would be easy, 
but it turned out to be something that was a bit of a mystery with some. And, you know, I, I wanted to delve into like, why didn't I know at the time, why didn't I have the discernment to know that, you know, I was being led into this or my bit, it was bad for me. Like, let's say in a relationship where you meet someone and you think they're right for you. And then you find out later that you, you just love was blind and you didn't see the red flags. Right. Yeah. But what I've come to know through the understanding of complex trauma and the different things that happen to someone in their coping style as they grow up through different forms of trauma is that if those traumas are still repressed deep core shame, um, any kind of traumatic feeling that's basically negative and, and trapped in your body in amnesia, then that leads to a lack of awareness of those parts that are still shut down so that the, the red flags and the awareness and the discernment is not there um, so that you can fall into traps more easily. But when you work on the clearing the traumas and getting more in touch with the feelings and all that, then mm -hmm those parts of you wake up to become more aware and then you could just start seeing things for what they are. And then your discernment is more powerful. Right. Absolutely. Well, it's it sometimes it. like uh, full vulnerability here in my, in my case, uh, I saw the red flags and, but the connection was so strong. It was like a drug and I, I didn't care. Like I saw, I almost knew, but but whatever it, it literally was like a drug that I had to explore and get it out of my system. And that's or you made excuses for it. Right. Right. Yeah. But then it, when it's all over, you you know, you see like you kind of learn a lot about yourself and then now you have a new tool under your belt uh, mm -hmm. to move forward. So it's actually like not a bad thing. A blessing in disguise. Maybe your higher self even set it up in some cases. Yes. Um, growth. Exactly. Right. And we have to think about that also. A lot of this stuff. I wonder how much, how much of these scenarios we put ourselves into just as a learning experience. Yeah. Well, I always think that the best teachers, like as I have come to learn over the years, that the best teachers were the ones who went through some of the darkest journeys and that weren't not were sometimes accidental, or the people who, let's say, they were associated with the dark side and then turned over to the light, and you know told the truth about how all these other things happen. So I, I wouldn't discount, you know, going through the experience. Sometimes it is for your ultimate wisdom and empowerment in the long run. So I can't say that it's all bad. Um, right. I mean, we, one of the things in the book that I said, it was, it was better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. Right. Yeah. You know? Even if it was, you know, a love bite. <laughs> yeah. Right. And well, it's and just you, a lot of times we have to learn the hard way <laughs> with with many things. Yep. Uh, a lot of us are very stubborn, basically, it comes down to that. And uh, it's like certain things, the only way we're really going to grow and learn is to go through something like that. Yeah. You know? And and you can't just like, OK, you watch this episode. Now you have awareness. You can't just run from every situation in fear that it might be a setup also like yeah like don't also live in fear Paranoid. you know you just have to just um i don't know ground yourself enough to you know just trust yourself enough yeah self-trust yeah. that's right. important and that comes through really working on you know finding the truth about what your own experience is and discovering you know all those things and then being courageous to tell the truth and regardless, letting the chips fall where they may. And sometimes you lose a few friends, right? And sometimes you're like a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
friendly yeah. with this stuff. You know, it's yeah, I've lost a lot of friends. Um, right. But I've learned everything along the way that that helped teach me more about myself and and really the depth of trauma that happened in my own life that um, was family of origin trauma combined with the alien abduction and combined with some of the my lab stuff. And then some of the, what I call the interdimensional element of when you have a, a family member or a parent who is involved with, uh, let's say a high level Freemasonry where they're obviously involved in a form of black magic and uh, clearance work. So that that's traumatic in and of itself. Right. <laughs> Sorry. But, yeah. Black magic is an, is a whole other element to this. And uh yep. it's very it's very real unfortunately it's, it's very, very apparent real. right now with what's what's going on in the world right now the the entire world's under a spell and exactly you know, they're, they're, they're constantly doing rituals and they're constantly casting it's so out whatever. in the open it's not even they're not yes. even trying to hide it anymore and right. actually we're out in the open it's interesting you mentioned that because i guess i had to study a lot of uh, narcissists and uh, psychopathic behaviors that were run by something that you would question is even human. But one of the things that some of the, let's say, like, let's say the reptilian hosts hybrids, I know James might've talked about this when they know what they are, let's say when they know they're a completely hosted hybrid entity and they are handling someone or they're, they've got someone under their control. Um, a lot of times if they think they've got you, they'll just tell the truth. They'll let you know and they'll spill the beans about what they are and what they're doing. And they'll be very flippant about it. Like a psychopath will just, if they think they've got the victim and the victim's already dead, they'll just tell you everything. Right. Like it is, the, they, don't let out, yeah, they don't keep secrets anymore. They just I, have I know of a, I know of a story where that happened to somebody and uh, exactly that. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it happens. Yeah. And the, and the just, whole, yeah. Yeah. They're very so, arrogant. So that's part of it. I yeah. think they can get away with that. Right, yeah. Just like the villain at the end of the movie, like, oh, you you thought mm -hmm. you had me fooled, you know, and then really it backfires, yeah. whatever. Their, their arrogance is like their downfall, usually. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's like the deep state or the cabal's downfall is like their arrogance and their, uh, it's like they're so sure that they're untouchable and mm -hmm. they're on top that they're just like, they're being so sloppy and so, you know, over yes. the top that it's like waking so many people up and look what's happening now look at the right yeah the trucker convoy you know stuff like that i think they're, yeah they're, they're so confident that you know they, they just do whatever throw, they want and... they just throw a rubber mask on biden not thinking that it's going to start dripping off his face after <laughs> you know. exactly I like, like the ears look crooked right um, so i don't you guys have seen like all the mission impossible movies they always use that mask technology uh, and even the most recent one, it even gets more sophisticated and they, they show like, and like they, they're telling you that they have this technology and that they can do this and fool anybody into thinking that it's somebody else. Uh, and and I'm, there's just no doubt in my mind that that's happening with Biden. Yeah. And I, actually it's training us to have to hone our own abilities of perception beyond the illusions of what you're presented. And that that's a test in and of itself to, what is our what is our perception, regardless of what's showing itself, and and can we be true to what we're feeling and knowing, you know? Mm -hmm. so yeah, totally. That's a test. That's truly a test, right. you know. But I think it's a blessing nowadays. I see how much so much more has been disclosed 
about the what was going on with some of these secret operations and the families running them and then the organizations they run. But in even 25 years ago, people didn't know it and they wouldn't believe the people who had come out with some of the early um, MKUltra SRA stories. And, you know, they, they were oh, yeah. believed and they were truly harassed. And now many more and, people like, oh, they know yeah. what the state is. They know what the Satanists are. They know what the adrenochrome is like. This has been going on for a long time and many people just would not believe. And so I'm glad that enough people know and kind of catch on and can it's my hope that when we can understand the behavior patterns and the signs and symptoms, when these things are going on behind the scenes or in our relationships, that we're going to be able to nip it in the bud when we see that it's a problem or navigate around it so that those people don't have power in our lives or in our uh, organizations. Mm -hmm. So what I've been doing lately is doing more counseling and research with actually more of the psychological end of understanding complex trauma and how that, if it's unhealed, it has a number of signatures in interpersonal relations and even, you know, cultural traditions like war-torn societies will have certain family behaviors and things from the unresolved trauma. So when we understand how that works, then we can, and we could bypass it and work to heal that better. Mm -hmm. You know, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And going back to what you said about the adrenochrome, uh, this is something that is scary that I, I didn't know that it was legal to sell online. <laughs> and um, I've, I found that out. It actually is. And Alibaba.com uh, is a website where it's sold uh, like, yeah, it's literally on there. Yeah, it's literally on there. You type in adrenochrome and they sell it, but it's also there's a lot of stuff that's in code there, like a harv like a harvester mm -hmm. is wow. like code for something or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. or like or you'll say adrenochrome, AAA battery, something. It'll be a little stuffed animal with a zipper thing. It's all like kind of like the Wayfair thing for the I was just gonna say, remember the Wayfair. But, so some, somebody told me uh that if you type the type in the code on the bottom of a Pringles can, it takes you to Alibaba.com for a really? dream. So I tried it. A couple people of, and, uh, that I know tried it and they didn't have any luck. Well, I was just over at, uh, over Christmas um, at my cousin's house. They had a can of, they had two cans of Pringles. Um, they had a regular can and a pizza flavored can. Uh, can. I typed in the regular can, nothing came up. I typed in the code the yeah. on the pizza flavored Pringles. This was this year over Christmas. I, I swear to God, this happened. Type in the code on the bottom of the can. It took me to Alibaba Express website where there was adrenochrome. Did you did you Google search it? Yeah, or I Google it? I Google searched the code on the bottom of the pizza Pringle can. The pizza and, that was, and the first thing uh, that comes up. Pizza, yeah. pizza thing. That's like really. So it literally took me you know to. What, pizza is code for yeah no it literally took me go. to the site it didn't bring up like search results it took oh me it to just took you straight alibaba there. express yeah really and i'm sure if you know Whoa. exactly what you're looking for you'll know what to click next you know sure. yeah. yeah everything's wow. crazy. that's crazy Gosh. i mean the pizza flavor I mean, like of yeah. course the pizza flavor there's no way that is a coincidence you know yeah i don't know what made me just decide to do that and every my family's looking at me like what are you doing i'm Looking yeah. at the bottom of the Pringles <laughs> can. And like, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe me. So <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's part of how this stuff stays, yeah. has stayed secret for so long. Cause 
it's so crazy to most people yeah, that have no idea about any of this stuff, right? That yeah. if you if you try to tell people for so long, it's just sounded like you're nuts. Like you, oh, you're, you're a crazy conspiracy yeah, theorist. Ago, like even when I got my master's degree, and this is like 1992, a little bit ago, but I remember me- meeting my first uh, satanic ritual abuse multiple personality disorder person and her sister and her telling me all kinds of things that sounded absolutely nuts. Mm -hmm. And um, that was my first introduction to it. And I I could barely believe the the strangeness. Most people don't, but they knew about, you know, the abducted children and the missing kids and, and, and the connection with aliens and the military, but even abduction researchers at the time would, would like steer away from that. And I remember that was a distinct, like, you know, you don't talk about that because Can't once you talk about that, you weird shit happens or nobody believes you, you lose all your friends. And, um, but there is a connection, you know, with some of these things. And now people believe because so um, enough people have come out to tell the truth, but this has been going on a long time. And I'll tell you something, uh, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but I said that my father was a Freemason, which mm-hmm. is true. So, as part of that, me growing up, one of the things that he got my sisters and I involved in was called the Job's Daughters, which is a, a young girls organization like from 12 to 18 that is kind of like parallel to the Demolay for the for the young men. And it has to be you have to have a Masonic connection, a direct connection with a family member to join these organizations. <clears throat> so what I found out, of course, later in life is that many who were let's say SRA, MPD, DIDs, right? That means they've been trauma, trauma programmed, often mm-hmm. through sexual abuse or other forms yeah. with the high bloodline families that are often in these organizations, usually higher level, but then they would have certain characteristics. So later I, I discovered like some of them were like kind of weird and they were MPDs and they got like really weird and their personalities switched when we we're on some of these like Joby trips. And I only like realized later that like some of these families are like Illuminati families who were involved with like their kids were like a Demolay or a Job's daughter. Mm-hmm. And then, and my dad would try to like, Oh, well, you know, set you up with the Demolay and try to set you up with, you know, one of these like Illum- Illuminati family names that I only recognized years later was he was trying to set me up with other families who were, you know, all connected. So was your dad aware of, of all the, the dark stuff of this or was he kind uh, of yeah, I think unknowingly? Yeah. yeah, he was. And then, and, and, uh, yeah. And he would right. steer us into things that almost involved, um, I wouldn't say sex trafficking, but tried to steer us into those kinds of groups as teenagers. But, you know, I resisted as much as I could. But when I only discovered later, you know, the connection between things and what some of these people do in these organizations. So, you know, I guess I don't have a good opinion now of Freemasons because of what, you know, my father did. Yeah, but it's right. not, it's it's a very small percentage of Freemasons that are at the, the higher levels that know right. about this stuff even, or that participate in it, that are a part of it. And then all the rest, I mean, most Freemasons you talk to have no idea and they, they would even laugh when you try to, oh, that's all conspiracy BS. You know, right. I've actually talked to people that have tried to tell me that. And I'm yeah. like, man, <laughs> do you got to do your research, man. Right. Um. But that's how it works. And yeah, it, it, the lower levels to feed into it. Exactly. It it's like a need to know basis. Let's compartmentalize. Until yeah. you're a certain degree, then, you know, then whatever. And everybody's different. There might be a 33rd degree Mason who's not in the club. It, it you know, they're going to 
choose who they want. And yeah. it's, it's been, what's interesting is, I don't know where I heard it, but I heard that Freemasonry comes from a reptilian planet, like the, in the Draconist star system. It was actually brought here. It was a reptilian concept. It was never a human concept. I don't I know if that's, that. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I, and I don't even it. remember where I heard that. Um, well, well, Freemasonry comes out of the Knights Templar. Right. Well, right. there was, there was tons. And that comes from the older mystery schools yes. and stuff. Right. So and it was, all just gets passed down and takes different forms. And, yeah. Yeah. And there then are there were, bloodlines, though, I would say that um, there's something about some quote people in these projects where I, I, I swear that they're after certain ones that or they call it the Starfire lineage or some people call it the ISIS bloodline mm -hmm. and, and others that they want for a specific reason. And there's a certain quality of some of these more ancient lines. But I think maybe every time, every now everybody is some kind of hybrid or connection between many different races. So yeah. it's really. Well, right. And yeah. so um, the book Planet Serpo, Secret Journey to Planet Serpo, they, they talk about way back in the early 1900s, um, this guy named Carl Haushofer was sent over to Japan and he met with the uh, Tibetan monastery of the society of little green men. Uh, and uh, so they were channeling the green dragons is what they thought, but it was actually a reptilian civilization that was underground uh, oh. there, but they would go into these caves and channel these reptilians. And, and anyway, they gave Carl Haushofer, however you say his name, um, a bunch of gifts and abilities, the gifts of foresight, but they also made him aware of the, the of their plan. They called it the 5,000 year plan. They had a plan for the takeover of not just earth, but the solar system all the way up until the year 5,000. It was, and then he came back uh, with all this knowledge, all this foresight. And then they used him to groom Hitler and all that. And it was supposed to be, but then Hitler ended up screwing up the plan because he got so power hungry and he wasn't taking orders anymore. And he ended up putting Carl Haushofer in a concentration camp and his family after he was the one who groomed him. Yep. It's, it's a crazy, yeah, it's a crazy history, but it all stems back from these green and black dragon societies coming back from the late 1800s, early 1900s and their coming race. The book, the coming race talks about the Aryan race of the subterranean race. Well, it only makes sense. So they, they're looking for a subterranean base. Why do they send a German politician over to Japan to meet with the society who's channeling beings from an, a subterranean race? Mm -hmm. Like there is some connection there. And, you know, it's, it's a crazy history. And that's really you want to get into like the birth of the space programs and stuff. Yeah. That's really where it started. When you look at yeah. like some of these secret inner groups, what are they doing? They're like channeling these entities and finding out information and then who are these beings really and they always get steeped into the occult it's kind of like the deeper roots mm -hmm. so yeah i mean that's kind of disturbing i mean a lot of the ssp is really blossoming in terms of many more people remembering the 20 and back and either they must be increasing their workforce to have so many people remember or or that the traumas are not i don't know if to say if they're not as severe but more people seem to be remembering now than they even 15 years ago. Well, and, oh, yeah. so, so if the yeah. people, their, their tour in space, let's just say is, is ending and 
these people, these older guys who are coming forward now, they were some of the first run. They were like some of the first group. So maybe this technology, they were still working it out. And yeah. they, they had no way to really test it out and see how long it was, the memory wipe was going to hold. You know, so and I think what we're seeing now, it's like kind of like the results of an experiment. They're seeing, you know, who's who's remembering what, who's remembering what. And I'm sure they're constantly altering that technology uh, and trying to fine tune it. But there also might be like a divine, like a divine part of this where these people are going to wake up regardless. They're going to remember regardless, but because of like divine intervention or something. Remember Tony, Tony Rodriguez story of like how he was supposed to get mind wiped and lobotomized or yeah and then first the then they were going to just lobotomize him and uh he somebody erased his records in the in the system and they were like oh you're not in the system so we can't do anything Mm -hmm. and it was like it just looked like it was so divinely orchestrated like he he had some higher um protection right for the for protection of him and so he could come out with the info later and yeah. The same stuff. with Randy Kramer, I believe that he came up with things like he was helped. Randy, yeah. 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 And so that's why I don't think it's, it's, they're all under control or whatever. A lot of people are very judgmental of, of all of this and they, oh, they yeah. and they're all mind control, and blah, you know, but or it's all implanted memories and none right. of that's real. Like, well, I think, I think that some people maybe incarnate here knowing they're going to join the program so they can be part of the disclosure of it. Like, it, like, yeah. I really yeah. do believe something like stuff like that's happening. I, yeah. Right. Definitely. Otherwise, how would, how would they be able to do it? I would think that it has to be done from the inside. Otherwise they wouldn't have been able to bring out these things. Yeah. Well, it's, exactly. you have to, it's not, it's not black and white. There's multiple different technologies doing it. They're using for age regression, mind wiping, 20 and back t- uh, technology, all this stuff. It's not just one technology, different cloning technologies, different groups of people doing all this stuff. So it, it's so complex and it's so probably muddy right now. Like there, people probably don't even know what's going on anymore. And the amount of timelines that and alters that they have created and how complicated and complex it must be. I wonder if they even have control of it anymore. And, you know, if, if they're just recruiting because they need to win a war and they're not thinking about the consequences and they probably never, they probably never imagined the mess that they've made. That's the way I kind of see it. Yeah. In fact, I became aware of something. And I can't name names, but there was someone that I knew who was involved in research like I was, um, who was part of a kind of a secret military, whatever, alphabet agency that were actually doing things to certain abductees in order to find out if they would um, fall for the manipulations and be, I don't want to say, they're basically testing people without their knowledge or Mm -hmm. consent of of things, even like the love bite, for example, and then to see how they fare under, under certain conditions of manipulation. But to, to see who would be resilient and then using those people who are resilient to those things to be better uh, operatives in another capacity after they tested on them. Mm-hmm. So I think those kinds of things have taken place and that might be why some people are used because they might have qualities that they didn't even know they had. And then they were, you know, kind of secretly recruited right. and then remember later, you know, 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. I think all of the above is happening. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think there's any rules for it. It's just whatever. No, because no. if it's a fight, I mean, if it's truly a fight for humanity, which I believe there, there's some dire things that if, if people knew, they would they would be pooping their pants. <laughs> so there has to be people who know how to work with this, who already have knowledge and abilities, and that they already working on it. So that's why it's not black and white. Like you said, it's, it's definitely not black and white. It's just, it's a difficult can of worms though. Yeah. There, there definitely seems to be a, some kind of a temporal war going on, some kind of a 100% temporal and timeline thing going on okay. where, and, and there's been many whistleblowers that have come, come out about that and talking about how the cabal, what they've been, what they've been trying to do for a long time is to steer us onto a timeline that they want that keeps them in yeah. control and further control and furthers our enslavement, you know, and they, they, uh, they, through like looking glass and these other technologies where they can see into the, the future or the probable future, um, it kept over and over showing their defeat and the and humanity's uh, awakening and, and our freedom ultimately. And they, I heard they, they shut that down because of that. Cause they, they got so pissed off basically by that. Uh, so it's almost like they even know they're it's inevitable they're going to lose they know that but so what they're trying to do is just delay as long as possible is yeah. what it looks like now yeah. to just time. they're like we're not going to they're not going to go down without a fight and they're, well, they're delaying and just kind of like doing everything they can to make it yeah. make as much chaos and suffering on their way out and well, delay. That's what they, use. they use psychics too like if they can't access project looking glass i think they utilize psychics all the time oh yeah um, to try to like okay if if you see this then that gives us the go to go ahead with that because we trust your ability to look into the future mm -hmm. right and, and, and what they'll do is they'll do something and then they'll they'll look to see what it creates in the future and if it doesn't do the desired outcome they'll they'll adjust until it does and all kinds of stuff like that and do things in the past to change things and then look to see what could change right so they're constantly manipulating uh things yeah even you know that's why the relationship thing it makes you wonder like the way they set you up with certain relationships to sometimes sabotage but then i think if, it, if it's in your divine destiny and you have the right heart and spirit things will work out for your benefit regardless right. exactly it all comes back to the heart and yeah. uh, obviously people are being used on some levels but if you have a good heart really uh that's the only thing you can just do the best that you can do. And, and, you know, that's the most important thing, but I want to go back to talking about um, like, it's kind of like, they know it's over, but they're delaying it. Well, and there's a lot of, a lot of people get frustrated. Like what's taking so long. Okay. I want everyone to yeah. consider all yeah. of the manipulation tech and interference tactics and techniques that we talked about during this whole episode and apply that to the entire planet and, and every politician and everybody everybody in politics and and elon musk whoever all the big richest people in the world at the people at the head of these corporations apply all this type of interference to that and think about how complicated it is and mm -hmm. you might ask it yeah. might make a lot it might help make sense of things as to why it's taking so long people it's, people think it's just like a simple solution <laughs> like oh why can't they just do do disclosure and, right Bring out the free energy immediately. I don't, I don't understand why. That simple. 
why I don't understand why the election audits are taking so long. Well, because yeah. there's literal entities manipulating the people who are doing the audit. Like it's, it's a huge, yeah, um, complicated swamp basically of a mess that we have to. Right. And the thing is, is like they also a big factor is the trauma and the destruction that would cause if they don't do this the right way. And if they, if they rush things and just try to come out, you know, and do all this stuff too quickly. And I think that's one of the main factors that it, it's going to just have to take. I don't think it's going to take like hundreds of years, like some people think, you know, but yeah. it's going to, it's going to take longer than we all want because right. of, because of the mess of it. So. Yeah. But I think that it's one thing that I learned years ago and that I, I strive to, to continue to try to do is that when people could feel safe to talk about whatever's going on with them and how they're feeling and what they're thinking, even though it may not be the truth, but they could just run some ideas in a safe environment to talk about things and share information. This is how you discover so many things that you wouldn't be able to if it wasn't safe to talk. So this whole thing with censorship yeah. is really harming our ability to come to the knowledge of the truth and be able to apply solutions that will be, I think, better, I guess, depending on the dangerousness of it. But in general, it's it's good to have safe relationships and safe um, platforms to speak freely and people who will abide by, you know, basic mutual respect of not, you know, really bad mouthing people and being really mean. And if we could make that safe for each other, even if we're, we're not right about something, even if we're not sure, it's okay to be able to share it so that you can just process it in a safe way. And when it can Absolutely. be safe for all of us, we will come to conclusions and we will come to the knowledge of the truth very quickly and be able to mm -hmm. apply solutions with compassion. Right. When we're not, we're not being met with resistance the whole time. Uh, yeah. But it is it is ironic. I read something today. It's ironic that, you know, they create Facebook and all these social media platforms mm -hmm. to get us all to collect our data and the spy. Basically, on they're us. all honey. They're all honey pots. But yeah. at the same time, now the, the very platform they created to spy on us and collect our, collect our data, they're kicking us kicking us off of because we're using it to spread the truth. So they, yeah. yeah, they suck us in to collect our data, but then we start exposing their plan. Oh, shit, and then dude. now they have to disable the account. Too that many people are waking up. Yeah. Put them all down, delete them, censor. Yeah. Fact check. That's <clears throat> many people know. And um, I think more and more people know, and they're just not going to put up with it. And um, It's waking right. up so many people. That's the great part. And what it's also, what it's doing is it's, it's also getting everyone to realize how important free speech is and, mm -hmm. And then people are creating, we're creating our own alternative platforms or people are going to these alternative platforms. And then we're like, okay, screw you guys. We're just going to, we're going to go where we have free speech right? and uh, aren't being yeah. told what to think. You know, that's literally right. what they're doing. Um, you know, the dangerous informa information is one of their favorite right. buzzwords <laughs> they love to use. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Joe Rogan's propagating dangerous information, you know, like they're literally are saying that about him right now. Right. Yeah. Um, um they're threatened because he's bigger than every mainstream media outlet right well, Did you that funny. yeah that the you know more, more views than cnn and it's like you know like now the main mainstream media and and they're blow it cases they're like mm -hmm. the asshole blow it cases where it's like okay you know what i mean right everybody yeah. else is like figuring it out like you're being a blow it case do you know what you know what that is 
I mean, that's what assholes would do in high school when they'd be like a blow it case and just like fuck up and be like the overt narcissist that everybody knows, like fucking asshole. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, yep. Eve, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your vast knowledge on this subject. And uh, hopefully we sh- hopefully we uh, hopefully we can shed some light on this and put a stop to it, or at least make people aware, because that's the whole goal. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to add or any any uh, where can people find you? Well, yeah, my my website is evelorgan.com. And there is a small uh, there is an alien love bite Facebook group, but I eventually will do a telegram one. And um, I actually do uh, Zoom support groups for anomalous trauma every, and I do like six weeks things. And then, so I do do that. And I do sessions with people. So that's what I've been doing for most of my time now. So just want right. to put that out. Yeah, we'll put those links in the comments. Uh, yeah, let, keep me posted on the Telegram group. Uh, that seems to be where everybody can run right now with all the, without getting censored. So um, it's, it's, you know, it's loaded with bots and there's a lot of things that people don't like about it, but it is a place where you can, um, you can spread the truth and find yeah. some good stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So thank you so much guys. Go check out her books. Um, yeah. Alien or I keep wanting to say alien love bite. Yeah. Go to alibris.com. Both books are available in hard copy and then you could still get a Kindle of the love bite. The love bite is going pretty high because it's kind of out of print but I will offer half the price of what it is on a Libris for anybody who like has heard this show. So you just put in the word on an email or something and that I will honor that price. Libris like L I B a Libris.com is a, um, a used and new bookseller kind of like, uh, um, I've been to it, others, yeah. but uh, I would prefer to sell through them than Amazon. All right. Yeah. Cause yeah, I was going for like $700 or more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I've yeah. seen Amazon do that. Yeah, it's insane. It's like uh, you know, like Alex Collier's books are out of print and they're all super expensive. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Certain, it's certain just... books, they're sought after and they're out of print. So the combination of that, yeah. Right. Um, well, yeah, this has been awesome, guys. Uh, don't forget, come hang out with us at the conference. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. It's we're I'm sure there's going to be a lot of this type of talk there. It just uh, hanging out with your friends. You know, the conference is fun, but I'm looking forward to the, the sky watches and the bonfires and, and just being able to hang out and you can go, go on hikes or whatever else. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be tons of fun. May 2nd through the 5th. Uh, tickets are available. Secretspaceconference.info. And uh, don't forget about our promo codes uh, on the radiation balancer. If you're looking for something to put on any radiating device to protect uh, from radiation or harmful frequencies, uh, grab one of those. Uh, 10% off promo code TRUTH, all caps. Hopewell Farm CBD, if you're looking for a new CBD, grab some. This stuff is absolutely amazing. I can't live without it anymore, and I mean that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, Hopewell Farm CBD, uh, you get 10% off that with promo code Journey to Truth 10 and then 20% off all of our Teespring merch with promo code 20 and back, and all of those links are below. And uh, yeah, that's it. Have a great night, everybody. And uh, we will see you next time. Thank you. He said, um, listen, give me two years. You'll never want to come back. Uh, the adventure of a lifetime. And nobody will know you're gone. 
you get deployed at 17 and a half. And now I was deployed from the New York Athletic Club. And we got actually deployed right out of the locker room from, uh, you know, you're beamed up to the ship and then the ship takes off and you're gone for 20 years. That's a very hard pill to swallow, but that's exactly how I experienced it. I was taken at 10 years old. I was taken and I was worked through several black programs. I was privately owned in the beginning. I did six, six or seven years on earth. Uh, that's when all the stuff for the programs began for me. Uh, specifically, uh, the tracking that they had been doing since I was a kid, it followed me all the way through the military. And at that point, when I got to Diego Garcia, that's where I was taken off planet. It like opened that floodgate for me. And then all of these recalls started coming in and I was just like, oh my gosh. And the way I was describing it, she's like, I've never had this with a client, but it, that you're, you're describing a parallel life right now. It's a combination of human and other species. Um, I was able to remember the name on their uniform. It's USS Arcorp. That was putting me through some kind of recruitment um, tests from age three until 12. And 12 is when I was potentially, well, taken. He said, uh, and with your scores, I guarantee you'll make commander and you'll make pilot. And I said, pilot of what? And he said, uh, four kilometer long starship. He told me what was gonna happen. He, he said, you volunteer for the program, we'll put you in, you'll do 20 years, we'll um, send you back in time 20 years, age regress for you 20 years, wipe your memory and you'll just wake up in bed like nothing happened. It's almost beyond words, it's beyond comprehension of how this could happen. Whoever's masterminding this, you know, the Air Force, you know, working with extraterrestrials, working with a lot of pretty wild technology, which I'll also get into, it's really beyond fathomable. It's beyond fathomable.